In many elections, it's the oldest cross-section of voters that has the biggest impact. But not this time. Gen Z came out in large numbers all across the country, swaying many races toward Democratic candidates. One thing was apparent. Gen Z showed up. 27% of midterm voters were age 18 to 29, the second highest midterm youth turnout for any midterm vote. Some political analysts pointing to their participation at the polls as one of the main reasons that the so-called red wave by Republicans did not materialize. I think it's because we've seen record turnout of young people and of women and of people coming out to say that our bodily autonomy and our rights are not up for grabs. I voted for democracy. Uh, I voted for abortion rights. I voted for our future. In the weeks leading up to the election, U Chicago's Gen Forward survey interviewed thousands of people from Gen Z, as well as their older siblings, the millennials, to learn what was on their minds ahead of the election. And one of the big answers was voting. Joining us now to talk about the power of young voters is Kathy Cohen, professor of political science at the University of Chicago and creator of the Gen Forward survey. Welcome back, Professor. Thank you. It's great to be back. Also with us is Gen Forward research fellow Kumar Ramanathan. Nice to have you here. Thank you for having me. So, Professor, I'm going to start with you. And before we get into the politics of things, uh, remind us, what is this Gen Forward survey and why did you want to create it in the first place? Uh we started Gen Ford in 2016, and I say we because, in fact, it was my project, but with lots of amazing young scholars who have been attached to this project ever since. We wanted to center the voices of young adults who quite often uh, disproportionately have to kind of deal with decisions that politicians make, whether it's about climate change or police brutality or how we fund education. And far too often those young people's voices are not a part of kind of the political decision and the kind of political discourse uh, that guides the country. So we built a survey that oversamples in particular African-American, Latinx and Asian and Pacific Islander young people. Um, we are able to disaggregate by race because, in fact, these generations are the most racially uh, diverse generations that we've seen. They're also the largest segment of the workforce. They are the largest segment of eligible voters. Mm -hmm. And we wanted to say that we can't really think about politics in this country, both in the future, but actually right now until we think about and center and make sure that we amplify the voices of young kids, young people and young people of color. Yeah. Over the years, you have done gen forward surveys on the economy crime, abortion rights as well. Yes. This time, though, ahead of the midterms, it made sense, right? Naturally, it was going to be about politics. Absolutely. What did you and Kumar set out to learn, though, with this particular survey? Well, I think we wanted to do a number of different things. One is we wanted to get a sense of what were the issues really motivating young people or if they were motivating young people to go to the polls. We wanted to get a, an assessment not only of how they were thinking about Dobbs, but, for example, how they were thinking about the court. We wanted to get a sense of how they thought about democracy. We've been told by any number of politicians that democracy was on the ballot, and hopefully we'll have a chance to talk about that. Um, democracy was on the ballot, and I think young people still understand democracy to be in crisis even after this election. But we wanted to have a chance to hear from them in terms of how they think about democracy, what are the issues animating their, vo their vote, um, and if they thought they would go to the polls uh, last week. Kumar, let's bring you in here. Tell us some of the most interesting questions and responses that you got as part of this survey. Yeah. So one thing that we noticed in our survey, we asked a few questions about the level of interest that young people have in the midterm elections and whether they intend to vote. 
And despite some of the concerns that young people wouldn't show up, what we consistently saw in the survey, the three surveys that we took this year, Mm -hmm. was that young people remain just about as interested as they were in 2018, which is a year that saw record turnout among Gen Z and millennials. Yeah. So we anticipated that young people would turn out, if not at the exact historic levels of 2018, at relatively high levels again. And that's what we did see. We also found over the course of the year that young people were really concerned about the Dobbs decision. They opposed it in huge numbers. They disapproved the Supreme Court in huge numbers as well. And they named it as one of the top issues on their mind. We found in our October survey that inflation was the top issue, followed by abortion and reproductive rights Mm -hmm. for young adults. Um, And young adults aren't different um, from older adults in how much they were concerned about inflation. But what we also found when we asked would inflation, how would inflation and how would the Dobbs decision affect your vote in the midterm elections, what we found was not a clear sense that just because young adults were conf- concerned about inflation, that that would make them vote for Republicans. Mm-hmm. Indeed, what we found when we, uh, when we asked about how those two top issues would affect the vote choice of young adults, about a third of young adults said that the Dobbs decision would make them more likely to vote for Democrats, but only about a quarter said inflation would make them more likely to vote for Republicans. Interesting. So I think one thing we have to be careful about when we think about the issues that are at the top of, uh, of voters' minds is even though generally in the electorate as a whole, Republicans tend to be a little bit more trusted on the economy, that doesn't seem to be the case with young adults. They're concerned about the economy. They're concerned about inflation, but they're not convinced that Republicans are going to solve those problems. And a a few days before the election, you actually co-authored a piece in the Washington Post, which was titled, Can Young Voters Help Democrats Hold Congress? Kumar, we still don't know the answer to that question, but it does seem clear from from what you've provided here that, that Gen Z did come out strong in the blue column, right? Definitely, and especially um, uh, people of color among Gen Z, are, were especially black Gen Zers, were voting for Democrats somewhere between 85 to 90 percent. We mm-hmm. won't know all the exact numbers for a few weeks or months still. Um, and among white Gen Zers, Um, While they're not voting in that level of support for Democrats, uh, they're definitely much more supportive of Democrats than older white adults. Yeah. And and Professor Kumar mentioned there that um, young voters seemed just as motivated to vote, you know, back in 2018. Why do you think that was? You know, we were talking about this before we came on. Uh, You know, I think we could say in this moment, people will turn to the Dobbs decision and abortion and that is undoubtedly one of the motivators. Um, I might suggest, in fact, that there's also the kind of Trump motivation that's out there. I think people think that because former President Trump is no longer president, that that's still not a motivator. I think in particular it is a motivator for young people. Yeah. But I, I want to point this also to the infrastructure of mobilization, right, that in fact there have to be people who contact you. They have to tell you where to register. They have to remind you to vote. And some of that infrastructure really was built around um, racial justice movements that we saw from 2013 until 2020 when we saw massive numbers of people go into the street. And so, you know, while we can talk about the kind of issue motivations for young people, I want to say that there's been a process of socialization that we have to pay attention to. There's been political education 
through social media and through uh, social organizations, right? Uh, Kumar was mentioning there's the habit of voting that many of these young people who voted in 2018, in particular millennials, have now gotten to the habit of voting. So I I would say that there are lots of reasons that we saw the the mobilization that we saw in 2022. This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. We're talking about the power of young voters, which was clearly on display in Tuesday's midterms. If you're happy that the so-called red wave didn't materialize in the midterms, go thank someone that was born after 1996. And if you're not, well, you know just who to blame. With us are two of the people who are behind you, Chicago's Gen Forward survey. It's creator Professor Kathy Cohen and research fellow Kumar Ramanathan. Kumar, millennials, who are the folks between 25 and 40, they're now the largest generational group, right? Gen Z, 18 to 24, they're the most racially diverse generational group in the history of the country, actually. Talk more about how those factors came into play this election. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think understanding um, the the racial diversity of these generations is hugely important. Um, I think we sometimes have narratives about right, young people are going to show up and save Democrats. But I think we need to keep in mind that those margins that we see for for Democrats among millennials and Gen Z are largely driven by people of color. And that makes efforts to disenfranchise and suppress the votes of people of color all the more important. Yeah. Um, and so even as we're talking about right, uh, uh, relatively high levels of young adult turnout in these elections, I think we should be reminded that that's um, happening despite efforts to make it harder for young adults and young adults of color to vote in many states across the country. Um, we, we, we've talked to, Kathy talked a little bit uh, earlier about some of the reasons why young adults are turning out at, at relatively high levels. And I think, again, it's, it's useful to remember that um, in our surveys over the past several years, we consistently find that Gen Z and millennials express distrust in the government, disapproval of major political institutions. And they're, they're loud about it, right? Yes, yeah. very much yeah, so. They're yeah. vocal. And it's not, it's not surprising, right? We see some of the issues that they care a lot about are climate change and gun violence um, and, and racism. And these are issues where they don't see the political system responding to what they're vocally telling um, our, our representatives. And despite all of that, they're mobilized and they're voting. Mm-hmm. Some of that is because of the infrastructure we just talked about. Some of that is about the habit of voting. I think we should acknowledge that um, they're, they're voting despite all of these reasons that they have not to trust the system. I, I just want to kind of piggyback on, on that because I think there's been a lot of talk post-election about saving democracy. Yes. <laughs> and I think we want to kind of hold... Uh, As you said in- earlier, democracy was right. on the Demo- ballot. Well, they said democracy <laughs> was on the ballot. I'm not sure I believe democracy <laughs> was on the ballot. And I don't, I don't believe that, in particular, young folks of color believe that democracy was on the ballot, right? Yeah. Um, when we have talked with young people, when we've done focus groups, you know, they are very clear that, in fact, if democracy is functioning or when people said democracy was functioning, it didn't guarantee, in fact, that there wouldn't be police brutality in their neighborhoods. It didn't guarantee, in fact, that there would be kind of equal uh, funding for education, right, that <clears throat> we have to figure out a way to make democracy in the lives of young people really matter instead of just talking about kind of the procedures of democracy being protected. And I think 
until we understand that, then some forms of democracy may have been on the ballot, Mm -hmm. but democracy in the lives of young people that would change how they think about political institutions. Yeah, that failed. That continues to fail. Probably important for us to note, you know, polling of potential voters intentions doesn't always translate to action. Not at right? all. <laughs> but it's a decent indicator, isn't it? Well, I think, you know, Kumar, again, we were talking about this. I think if you use it as a question about kind of indication to vote, interest in voting, and you're able to compare it, you know, uh, over time, then you can say, well, this looks like it did in 2018, so mm-hmm. we can inspe- expect a higher rate of turnout. But we would never say that because 50% of young people or any group say they're going to vote, that we would expect that type of turnout level. So now that we know how big of an impact young voters had on this election cycle, is there anything that you wish you had asked or anything that you you know that you're definitely going to ask next time. You're pointing to Kumar, but I want to hear from both of you. Well, I'll let him go first. <laughs> I'm like, oh. Yeah, I mean, you know, whenever you're you're writing a survey, you wish you could ask a thousand questions, of but course. ultimately you can only ask about forty or fifty questions in our, in our case. <laughs> only forty or fifty. <laughs> yes. Um, I should say we're very thankful for the thousands of people who spend their time answering forty or fifty questions. Um, I think one thing that I I, I'm definitely interested in asking um, in the future is building on um, on what Dr. Cohen just shared. I, do, what what do you see your vote as doing? I think uh, trying to figure out how to what extent young adults and young voters are seeing their vote as strategic as mm-hmm. one piece of what they can do to participate in politics. We see in, in some of our prior surveys that, that young adults of color in particular participate in politics in lots of other ways. They, they participate in protests. They participate in boycotts. I think thinking about voting as one in a number of different areas and trying to understand how young adults might not think about voting as mm-hmm. just a civic duty or something that you know, suggests that they actually have faith in the political system, but as more of a strategic choice, as one part of what they can do. I think that's something we'd like to look at more. I love that. And a brief last word from you, Professor. I I think the brief last word is to always remember that young people understand the importance of voting, even though they also understand the limits of voting. And I think in our surveys, we're trying to kind of balance both of those uh, topics when we're trying to understand young people's motivation to vote. We've been speaking about young voters with two people who recently ran a survey for Gen Z and millennials, UChicago political science professor Kathy Cohen and creator of the Gen Forward survey, as well as research fellow Kumar Ramanathan. Thank you so much for coming in. Thank you. Thank you.